Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Folks, did you see that? It was a coup attempt. It was a coup attempt by some of the most incompetent buffoons, bar none. But in fact, it was a coup that was attempted under the same standards that Donald Trump governed this country. Welcome aboard, Michael Rutten. Welcome aboard, May Wood. Robert Davenport, welcome aboard. Hey, thank you for that great uh, super chat yesterday. Yvette Avery Herod, welcome to Politics and Right. Peggy Lopez, welcome to Politics and Right. E2247, welcome aboard. We also have AVQ, Alistair Waters, welcome aboard. Uh, let's get busy. Rutten comes out. Boston Globe, Senator Ed Markey said at an event in Boston on Tuesday, we need to repeal the filibuster so that we can expand the Supreme Court to reclaim the two stolen seats on a now illegitimate court which are, st- which are stealing the rights of American people. Senator Elizabeth Warren, too, called to end the filibuster, saying the United States Supreme Court is out of control and Congress needs to react quickly. We have an out-of-control Supreme Court, Warren reiterated. They have torched their credibility. This court is as bad as the only wa- as the one during post-Civil War Reconstruction. There is only one real solution to this problem. Expand the court and one new justice from each state. Capping at the 50 or 51 with the inclusion of the justice from D.C. As only 25% of the nation has any faith in the high court, having nine justices is a tradition without merit. Not only that, it is nine, nine people. Three women, I believe, uh, and one man. Or three women and six men to decide everything in this country. In other words, it's a, a non-existent presidency and Congress based on the execution of the court. PBS from Rodden again. More than one million voters switched to GOP. Huh? Raising alarm for Democrats. More than one million voters switched to GOP. Um, I wonder how they came up with that number. Let me tell you something that has been happening. Here in Texas, I have actually received notice that people who have been... We don't register Democrat or Republican, but people have been appearing uh, in, 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 in the primaries somehow on, on Republican roles. I don't know. So I, don't t- I take that with a grain of salt. I'm not saying it's wrong. My hunch tells me, however that there could be some hanky-panky there. We'll see. You need to be registered with a particular party in order to vote in the party's primary. So after the Supreme Court horror show and January 6th commission, it's more likely that these are a million actual rhinos who are aiming to de-Trumpify the GOP than a million closed sexists coming out. I tend to more agree with that, Rodnan. The Guardian says, Bogota, Colombia. 51 inmates die in a fair prison riot. At least 24 were wounded. The director of National Prison Agency said a fire had started during a protest by uh, prisoners overnight. Colombian prisoners are highly overcrowded with the capacity of 81,000 people, but housing over 97,000. What started as a protest against overcrowded condition and for prisoners' rights turned into a deadly escape. NBC News, at least 50 people have died. That's right around the corner here in, in uh, San Antonio. We're found in an abandoned tractor trailer on sweltering day in San Antonio. The bodies of at least 46 people were initially found in a tractor trailer in a sweltering Texas heat. 
Four more died in hospital. The migrants were found dead in abandoned big in San Antonio on Monday in what appears to be the deadliest human smuggling case in modern U.S. history. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador said the death had toll had risen to 50. He said 22 of the dead were Mexican nationals, while seven were from Guatemala and two from Honduras. The nationalities of the remaining 19 had yet to be confirmed. President Obrador said that Mexican government would be providing assistance to the family members of the dead. San Antonio Police Chief William P. McManus said that survivors lacked water and air conditioning. The patients, the patients that we saw were hot to the touch, he said. They were suffering from heat stroke, heat exhaustion. The heat inside the trailer packed with people was likely to have significantly been higher than the outside temperatures. McManus said Homeland Security <coughs> investigation had taken over the investigation to the deadly incident. Robert Davenport says greetings to all progressives. Maywood says good afternoon, everyone. Alistair Waters says hi, everyone. Lopez, Peggy Lopez says hi, all. Yvette Avery Herod says Afternoon, PDR Posse, Robert Davenport, stunning testimony in the Jan 6 hearing today. How is everyone today? Wonderful, wonderful. The hearing, however, it was a lot worse than I thought. You know what I was saying? I'm, I, I was saying, you know, Democrats always get your hopes up high, and then they destroy it. They bring it down, you know, but my God. My God, my God, my God, this was stunning. As Davenport says, stunning testimony in the Jan 6 hearing today. Maywood says, how is everyone today? We're all fine. Slightly busy, according to Brother Rudnan, who says, waiting for a call to go sometime later in the hour. E2247 says, historical stunning hearing ended first hour. See it in full here. If nothing else, whenever Trump and his cronies are involved, you can expect incompetence. And thankfully for us, they were so incompetent with the coup attempt. So incompetent with the coup attempt. Okay. Eric Hayes says, hi all. Roberto Luis, mi panameño favorito, dice, y hermano, familia, dice, saludos, politics done right, which is hello. Greetings, posit politics done right. Eric Hayes says, question isn't it's sad to have a prominent business owner that gives back to the community to have to run media on fighting crime and getting hard on crime. What does this tell you? Our judicial system, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to try to click on it just because I've given you a hard time over the last few. Crime Stoppers discuss public safety with Mattress Mac. And others announced Houston Crime Index from New Research Center. Okay? I'll read that some other time, but let me just say one thing. I want Democrats to go out there and start saying the following. Just like you believe if you throw a whole lot of drugs out there, people are going to use them. Of course, if you legalize it, you can mitigate that. Same with guns. Tex Texas, uh, Texas corrupt Republican party headed out of Austin has made guns ubiquitous. And in making the, the ubiquity of guns in Texas anywhere, everywhere has made that kids are popping each other, killing each other, road rage. You have a gun, you use the gun, you have a gun, you get mad, you pick it up. The 
crime rate that has increased mostly with is directly attributable to Republican control of the state of Texas. You want to change or change the health care problem in Texas? You want to change the violence problem in Texas? You want to solve the education problem in Texas? Get rid of the troglodytes in Austin and put into power people who care about governing, people who care about your rights, people who care about your health care, people who care about mitigating violence. Get rid of those who have done it here in Texas, who have destroyed the state, who has the, our, our foster care system in shambles. And this applies to every single red state governor. Every single red state governor has been a failure with, and then attempts to blame it on the federal government for which they constantly are sucking on. While blue states provide more money to the federal government than they take in, red states are beggars. Red states take more money out of the government than they put in. Red states are welfare states. Don't, if you want to measure success by whether that state is successful with its people, red states are a stunning failure. Please remember that. Now, those who say, well, why are a lot of people in blue states now moving to red states? Because it is cheap. That's why. And why is it cheap? Because they don't take care of their own. Okay, let's continue. <clears throat> E2247, swallowed my gum on that hearing today. I know, man, I know. Peggy Lopez says, this court is an unelected political body with a political agenda. Perfecto. Roberto Lewis says, special shout out to Miss Bridge MCP. Of course, Bridge is our lady here. Uh, Eric says, why this from the Fed? I don't know. Uh, Macaron says, Egberto, oh yeah, there's some hanky-panky all right. And I'm glad you read out the rest of that comment. Of course, brother. Uh, Eric Hayes, how about those poor people that died in San Antonio? Exactly. Poor people who died in San Antonio. Lee Grant says, hi all. Hey, brother Lee. Biden ignores the border. No, Biden doesn't ignore the border at all. The border is a border. Eric Hayes, Dems in Houston don't fight crime in the Harris County judges again. I repeat, get Republicans out of Austin so that we can have laws that protect the, the Texans, and we'll do just fine. But you have to get rid of them first. So when Beta O'Rourke becomes governor and Mike Collier becomes lieutenant governor, the strongest position in Texas, and my neighbor, we will have, in fact, a new Texas, a Texas that works for all. Egberto, don't deflect and blame. I don't need to defect and blame. The blame is there for all to see. I need not defect and blame. It's for there to see. How many homicides in Texas? About 300 per year. Want to compare that to the number of Americans who died due to lack of health care? It's not even close. Thank you, brother. So here we have a, federal, a, a, a Texas government that caused the death of people by guns and caused the death of people by not giving them appropriate health care. Rudnan, thank you for pointing out the ineptitude of the Republican uh, positions in Austin. Thank you so kindly. E2247 says, hi, Peggy, Alistair, Robert, P.I.V.Q., and Michael Rudnan. 
Continuing our show, we've got Eric A says, biggest welfare states. The biggest welfare states again. Oh, he gave me a link. Thank you. The biggest welfare states is who again? Check out the red states. Let's go to numero uno. Numero uno. He puts California Maine. Oh, wow. Look at that. Those are the states that give. Look at that. Look at that. Those are the, uh, those states, the biggest U.S. welfare states. Let's go. Don't, don't. Better read correctly. Better read correctly. Okay. Better read correctly. Uh, let's go ahead and provide that information to people who don't already know. Let's go to uh, EgbertoWillis.com. And let's go with welfare states. And all I need to do is go ahead and uh, do this for you, brother, and show you. Because I've written about this so often, so often. All right, here it is. If you want the definitive answer to that, there, there, are, there are the welfare states. And here is the list. Number one, Mississippi. Number two. New Mexico, number three, Alabama, number four, Louisiana, number five, Maine, six, Montana, seven, Tennessee, eight, West Virginia. Actually, that's flipped. Nine, South Dakota, ten, Arizona, and Kentucky. Look at that. All those southern states, the beggars, because they refuse to collect the monies from their slaveholders. Wow, amazing. So, again, read the fine print, Brother Hayes. Those states that you just pointed out are the big Providers to our thing. New York being one of the biggest, okay? Please remember that. All right. Continuing, continuing. Carl Cox says, Conservative members of the U.S. Supreme Court believe in guns for everyone to overthrow democracy in America. They also believe that lives don't matter, including the lives of mothers, of people who've been raped or whatever, right? Of course, of course, of course. All right, we also have from Eric Hayes, Rodnin doesn't even live here. He doesn't need to live here to know the, the corrupt nature of our politics. Uh, we also have, of course, hi, Peggy from 222, E2247, Michael, Alistair, and ABQ. Daniel Lado, welcome to my second, con third conservative in the house. Biden doesn't care if illegal aliens die or cook and die. Do you really believe that? I doubt that you believe that. Michael Rodnin says, Eric's article is about states that most helped their citizens during the pandemic. So in other words, they did a good thing. And poor Eric, he doesn't even know it. All right, let's see. Gave it to you, California. Biggest one receiving the most monies. States with surplus and still want money to waste. No, actually, let's take, you know, if you follow the Republican orthodoxy, we shouldn't want to go give Mississippi money that they don't want to, you know, do on their own. They need to... Mississippi needs to lift itself up from its bootstrap and stop begging everybody else for money. That's what Mississippi needs to do. Michael Renz, Egberto, Eric, neither of you glance at the article's detail while sticking to known talking points. No, 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 no. I read the top of the article, and that's why I told him it did not. Uh, he better read the fine print. You heard me say that, sir. I said Eric, I think you better read the fine print. And then I went to give the narrative that I definitely needed to give, and that is, yes, red states are welfare states. Didn't want any confusion there. Eric Hayes says, why this from the Fed? I'm not doing that. New, new to golf. Hello from Webster. Is that Webster, Texas? 
Uh, near NASA, you know, I used to work out there when I worked for NASA, Ford Aerospace, Planning Research Corporation, Lockheed. Yep. Okay, what else we got here? Uh, Eric Hayes says, why this from the Fed? Uh, I'm not reading that I said, Eric. Don't put, keep putting stuff I'm not going to read. All right, let's continue. Uh, let's see, how come I can't bring my gun to the Supreme Court session? Danger is good for us, but not for their workplace. Again, these people don't know or know how to define the word empathy. New to Gulf says, yes, I work for NASA too. Okay, let me tell you. Um, yeah, I, I did work for NASA. You know what I learned at NASA? That the ones that really do the work are the ones that don't make all the big, big monies. And the ones that make all the big, big monies, you know, it's sad that they're the ones who do the least. It's just like capitalism, right? The people who do the work don't make all the money. It's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. All right. Let's go to our, is it time for our first video yet? Actually, I think I'm going to play our first video. The first video is Katie Porter and her response to the Supreme Court fiasco, the Supreme Court's attack on women, the Supreme Court saying that if a, if a young 12-year-old is raped, she has no recourse, that she still has to have her father's kid if it's her evil father who rapes her. That is what the Supreme Court is laying down on us by trying to control us. Anyhow, Katie Porter, take it away. Katie Porter hit the nail. That is Representative Katie Porter. She hit the nail on the head. I need you to listen to this, and then let's take it on the other side. This opinion, like the draft opinion, tramples on our liberty. This is a freedom issue. This is an issue about who gets to make decisions about your body, about your education, about your trajectory in life. And it should be up to every American. It's a very bitter pill to swallow when we talk about the sweet land of liberty. And yet we have a court that is trampling on the will of the majority of people and taking away constitutional right. And listen, when Republicans tell you what they're going to do, Listen, they told us they were going to overturn the Affordable Care Act, and that is exactly what they tried to do in the House of Representatives. We won in 2018, and we stopped them in their tracks, protecting our health care. They're telling us now they're going to have a nationwide ban on abortion, and it is up to us in 2022 to stop them in their tracks. The House has already done its work here to codify Roe. We're going to do other things. We're looking at trying to protect the other rights that Justice Thomas made very clear that he's coming for. We're looking at what we can do um, in terms of appropriations, what we can do in terms of um, administrative and executive branch roles to help support protecting the right to health care in the meantime. But fundamentally, this is about the Senate. That is what has brought us to this, along with the Supreme Court. We need to overturn the filibuster. Supreme Court is not a democratically elected institution, but the Senate sure as hell is. And they need to fiddling around and hiding behind arcane procedural rules, get rid of the filibuster and take an up and down vote on whether or not they are protectors of liberty and freedom. In a little over a minute, what Katie Porter did there is explain the entire process, the entire issue and how we get out of it. Numero uno, she points out that what the Supreme Court did was an attack on our personal economies 
and an attack on our freedoms. Numero dos, she points out that Republicans are constantly telling us the things that they intend to impose on us all. These are negative things most of the times, of course. That's what they intend to in impose on us, a fascistic type of government. Number three, she points out that, yes, we have solutions that the Congress, because it is still functioning in some gerrymandered, but still somewhat democratically, they have a whole lot of solutions that they're that's just waiting on the second part of Congress to take care of, meaning the Senate. And numero cuatro, the most important part, she points out, what is holding back progress in this country right now? And it's a double-edged sword. It's the filibuster in the Senate. And the filibuster in the Senate must go. Here's the problem, right? Uh, Democrats are saying, people, please go out there and vote, vote, vote to support us making changes for you. The people come out and they vote. And then they don't see a lot of the changes and they say, well, this is completely a non-functional government. While we have those already in power who, has the, who have the power to make the necessary change in the Senate so that we can work like a democratic republic and we, re we, we refuse to do it. Folks, one more time, 2022, get us four more progressive senators and it would be mission completa. It will be mission accomplished. One more time, we ask you, go vote. I understand that there's a lot you wanted to see done that has not been done, that haven't been done. Let's go ahead. One more time, go out there, bring in more progressives, and it will be done. We spend a And it will be done. Mira, hermanos, mira, Democrats lose with 49, Republicans win with 41. It's amazing, isn't it? That's not a democracy. And, and Michael, I want to make a, had a corollary to your statement. Uh, the Senate is democratically voted on or democratically elected in the state but it's an undemocratic body and it's a much more undemocratic body than is the house even a gerrymandered house is not as undemocratic as the senate that wyoming who is 37 times smaller not 37 percent smaller 37 times smaller or somewhere some kind of number like that than California, and yet they have the same senatorial voting power. It's a fraud. It's a fraud on America, and the same as it pretends for the Supreme Court. It is not a democracy. It was never a democracy. It was intended always for people who had some modicum of control to control the few who actually can make things happen or not. So let's be very cognizant of that. America has never been, uh, you know, some people say, no, America is not a democracy, but it is a Republican democracy. It, it, it's a representative democracy. It's not even that. A representative democracy, one would believe, is proportional. This ain't. This ain't in the least. Egberto, yep, California has the same representation as the 10 least populous states in the Senate. This is an undemocratic system that favors rural states. I wonder if the founding fathers envisioned this. Yes, they did. You know, look, I don't want to sound bad here because the founding fathers did a good thing better than a monarchy. They did a good thing better than a monarchy. 
But still, what they created was never intended for them to have the potential of losing power. And not only that, they never intended also to give women rights. No, hell no. They are just women. These are our founding fathers, right? We like to create a myth about our founding fathers. Like, these are, these are benevolent, great guys that all you want. No, 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 no. These are men who created a country with a constitution that was better than the monarchy. No more, no less. No adoration needed, no fancy thing, because still yet, they called me three-fifths of a person for a compromise. Still yet, they never gave women the ability to, 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 to vote. Still yet, they, they, they didn't do anything to obfuscate the massacre of the, the, uh, our, our indigenous people, uh, the original Americans. So let's not, uh, you know, what I hate to do, right? I don't like to vilify or to unvilify or to create uh, stories, to create myths about our foundation. Our foundation was made in blood. Our foundation was made on the backs of others. Our foundation was made with the unfair taking of free labor that is yet unpaid. Let's remember those things. Do I want, but at the same time, many of us do want to atone for what we've done. Make no mistake about it. It's not unpatriotic to tell the truth. To put it bluntly, I think it's unpatriotic to have people believe something that never was. And that's why we got a Trump. I was watching a movie last night about something about how Trump got started. Not how, it's, it's about the white supremacy movement and a woman who was uh, really deep inside of it, you know. All right, let's see. Michael says, voting rights under the original constitution limited to white land-owning adult men. Only about 15% of the population at that time. I actually heard it was 5%, but I could be wrong. Uh, Michael Rodney, uh, let's see. Hayes says, checks and balances in centrist middle. I don't know what that means. Uh, pardon, delected the double. Okay, we have Robert Davenport says, we have not yet perfected our union. Remember the past and build for the future. I agree. John Smith says, direct democracy is a tyranny of the majority mob. A republic rep uh, protects the minority against the majority. That's what we have, but leftists want a direct democracy. All right, let's let's let let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and correct Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, that is what the right wing teaches you, and you've fallen for it. The minority is protected by a bill of rights. A bill of rights that says because you are a human being. No majority can take X, Y, and Z away from you. That's a bill of rights. Those are inalienable rights, and Americans have inalienable rights. Freedom of press, even freedom to have a gun, which I disagree with, but it's in the Constitution. We gave people inalienable rights that the majority cannot take away. But everything else should be done. By majority, that's what democracy is about. Why should we appease a minority of the people when more people want to do X, Y, and Z? Now, there are times that we don't have to choose X, Y, and Z. We can choose X and Z. We can choose X, Y, and Z. But when we want to do certain things, it has to be the majority rule, period. And it, there's no tyranny about it. 
The only reason a lot of Republicans talk about tyranny now is that the policies they support are supported just by the minority of Americans. But the funny thing about it is when progressive policies come into the fold, that minority of that we even get the Republicans to support the policies that we want. Okay? Now, the only thing that holds Republicans together right now, and I, I saw this on the, that movie last night as I was doing my spinning, what keeps them together is the fear, a false fear, that they are coming to get white people. It's not true. It has never been true. Look at South Africa. Look at what happened in South Africa. Apartheid ended. And all these, a lot of people decided, I'm going to run from this country because they're going to exert revenge on the thing to them. You know what they did? They never did. No one ever exerts revenge. You know why? You know, the oppressor, the oppressor always fails to see something. The oppressed knows what it feels like. And most people are good people and have no desire to let you feel what you have imposed onto others. Revenge is one thing, but very few people actually want deep revenge. I mean, think about this, right? I get treated in, in, I, I, I'm, in the new book that I'm writing, I'm talking about all the tribulations I've gone through as a black Latino in America. I don't talk about these things because I don't want people to think I have a, cru a crutch or something to hold me back because I made it super, I superseded those all those things right but i wanted people to know that we got we went through all these things do i feel like my that i i do i feel that somehow i need to attack brother robert uh, brother ledo or sister uh, uh or cox or all my white brothers and sisters in here because their forefathers some of their forefathers not all of them because some of them came directly from ireland and they were never a part of the issue but even though they do have uh, what we call white privilege, etc. Do I have any animosity towards these folks in that regard? Absolutely not. Why don't I? Because I know what it feels like. I told a person once when they said, "Why did you know they did that? You can do that to them." I'm like, "Now tell me, after I do that, how do you think I feel? How do you think I feel? Do you think I feel good?" Watching somebody suffers a pain that I know? Do I feel good? I, I was at a, and I'm, I'm sorry to get on, on a tangent here, but this is important because of the, the commentary here from Brother Smith, and I want to expand on that. I went to a Netroots nation, and Black Lives Matter came in, and they disrupted Bernie Sanders as he was giving his speech. They wanted Bernie Sanders to start addressing the race issue because Bernie Sanders generally only acts, uh, talk about it from an economic standpoint, something that I used to do. I never brought up race until I felt comfortable that my blogs were not viewed through racial eyes, but through the eyes of writing, intellect. I didn't want the intellect colored by race. So nobody knew when I was a pseudonym type uh, writer, who I was, what I looked like, or anything. And it's only recently that I started talking about the race issue. But anyway, my friend, she's a, she, works with the, um, the, uh, she works with the Latino workers group, farmers and all of that that are picking fruits and all that kind of stuff. 
And Black Lives Matter came in and interrupted this Bernie Sanders uh, thing at the rally. I think it was in Arizona. And when they interrupted it, uh, Bernie wasn't talking. It can, and they keep forcing Bernie to talk, and Bernie never did. But that night, down below, when we had 10,000 people at the Bernie's uh, rally in, in Arizona, Bernie had already inserted the BLM portion to his um, to his speech because a lot of the BLM leaders got to him and expressed to them to him what they were talking about. But while they were going through all of that, this good friend of mine, a uh, white girl from California who runs this uh, Latino um, labor union, she came out to me and she sat next to me and she was crying like a baby. And she said, she went to this function and the black girls in there told her, shut up, white girls, sit down. You don't know what you're talking about and ta-da-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. And she comes to me crying and she said, Egberto, you know me. You know where I work. You know the work that I do. You know, uh, you know, you know who I am. And, you know, I gave her a hug. And then I said, I want you to understand one thing, though. I really do. First of all, they should not have treated you that way at all. They should not have treated you that way at all. But I said, I want you to think about how you are feeling right now. And while she's boohooing and crying, I, I use this as a teaching moment. I said, I want you to realize how you feel right now. And she said, it's terrible. I can't believe it. I do the right things, Egberto. I do the right things. And, uh, you, you know, these black girls just did this to me. And, you know, you know, you know I, I, am, I hang with everybody. We are sisters and brothers. And I'm like, no, I know, I know. And I know you. And you're right. You have the best heart. You are a sweet woman. I love you, girl. But, again, I'm asking you. I need you to. I need you right now. Right now. What do you feel? And then she said, like, crap. I felt, I said, now I want you to reverse that now. I want you to feel, how would you feel if that's the kind of feeling that you have to go through day after day after day after day? She stopped crying right away. Then she said, Wow, I never thought about that. But my peeps, meaning the, the, all the Mexicans and Hondurans and Nicaraguans and all of those folks that she works with, she sees the treatment that they get day in, day out, day in, day out. And then she said, I get it. She said, I, al she said, I always got it, but... I get it. I get it. And, and, and by then, you know, it wasn't that these women did anything good towards her because they were rude to her. They didn't know her history. She was just the stereotype. They didn't know it. But I know her. But then she was able. Then she was able uh, why didn't I confront the BLM about it? They were all, that, that, it, it, the function was already over. 
But you know, uh, and, 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 and the other reason why I wouldn't have confronted is what would I, you know, what difference would I have said? I would have gone to defend her. It's not about, and, and what she understood, it's not about her. It's about our interrelation among all of us. And that is what I've got to fix. That is what we've got to fix. Right? That is what we have got to fix. But she got it then. When you are dealing with all of those who have gone through a whole lot of pain, there's a certain amount of, there's a certain amount of stuff you justify. Do I justify BLM's bad behavior? It's not about justifying. It's about understanding. There's a difference. It's about understanding. Until I learned how to not let people call me all kinds of stuff. It's not about excuses. I live it. Liberals and are idiots. I live it. It's not about excuses. It's about reality. So I, I hope you understand. And I don't expect somebody like you that wants a liberal to, to come in here and do that. Let's see. Can we black people from posting via Restream bot? I don't want to see all the filthy they inject. You can block them individually uh, in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in it, um, Robert. You can block them. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got. Daniel Ledo said, you are started revealing your racism because your unique brand of rabid racism has become acceptable. Acceptable to judge people based on their race. Acceptable to make assumptions about based people your race. That is you, Egberto. That is the Democratic Party. And if you believe that, you're actually mentally deficient. But that's fine. Preach uh, MCP said, geez, haven't heard a thing. A horse just ran through my yard. With people chasing it. <laughs> you should get a video of it and put it up here. Let us see it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Robert Davenport. No, that's John Smith says, so you are excusing the violence, Egberto? What violence am I excusing? There was no violence. What violence did I excuse? I don't know. Anyhow, continuing. Uh, oh, it's time for my ask. Thank you, Davenport. Forgot about that. Let's go ahead and do my ask. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, The Only re Resort to Right-Wing Doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics Done Right depends on you 
to keep doing what we do. Absolutely so, folks. Absolutely so. So please, please support us however you can. We do very important work, hard work. Um, you know, yesterday I played this video about these two girls complaining about as soon as the, as soon as the um, ruling came down from the Supreme Court, they got a text message from the Democratic Party asking for $15. And they complained. And I concurred with one thing that they said, and that is they said we've been giving money to the party for a long time to do things like codify Roe versus Wade into law, etc., etc., etc. And they also said that they want the party to do its job and get the work, get the job done, which we all agree with. And they are, you know, and they are complaining that you know we get power, we don't use it, but the same kind of power when. Uh, McConnell gets it, he uses it. He follows the rules. When, the, when, when the, the filibuster is an inconvenience for McConnell, he follows that, he does the constitutional thing, and he gets rid of the filibuster, and he assigns to the Supreme Court whoever he wants in the Supreme Court. When he wants to hold back Obama's choice, he does the same too. Okay? Um, you, did you put the picture there? Is that what you're saying? Uh, let's see. Oh, okay, great, great. All right. So, so let, let's be clear here. Let, let, let's give our girl uh, who just got the horse on the screen, let's put that horse on the screen while I, while I, while I say what I need to say here. So I, I, wrote, I, I wrote this article and I wrote it at Daily Coast. And I got flagged. Because there are a lot of thin-skinned Democrats who instead of wanting to understand the reasons why we lose, the reasons why people lose hope in us, why, if you say anything against the Democratic Party, uh, and if they have uh, some way to kind of make it a little deeper, they knock you. It turns out that these two girls that I quoted are a part of Rise Up. Rise Up is, uh, is a, it's a progressive organization. They claim it's not progressive, but it's a left-wing organization. And we have actually had, you know, I haven't worked with them directly, directly, but we've upscaled some of their stuff when they needed to come into coalition to do certain actions with Indivisible, with, um, with uh, other organizations that we work with. So I don't really have any animosity towards them. So they, uh, the people that attack me at Daily Coast, they are communists, they're, they're, they're coming from X, Y, and Z, etc., etc., etc. To which I said, look, I work with individuals, and those two young women were very smart and articulate, and the statements that they made were true. Sorry to see you leave this early, Brother Rudden, but you have a great one. The statements that they made were true. Democrats had the power many times. When we had 60 votes uh, for a few months during Obamacare, we, we, we gave a less than good health care plan. We didn't get uh, the Latino immigration stuff, not Latino, but the immigration laws passed. We could have done all of that. We could have been ready and push all of that through as we got our majorities. But you see, you always have to ask the question, what do we really want to do? Do we really support those people that we claim to support? 
I gave, gave, gave another example, I think, yesterday, where we are having our Texas convention in Dallas. There are no, there are no re from what I've heard, I could be wrong. Later on, maybe somebody will change it. We have a lot of millionaires in our party. This is one convention. Couldn't, a lot of, of people, grassroots people, are going to that convention. People with little means. Some folks are going to shack up in Dallas at whatever motel they can find. Some people who are, are delegates are going to hook up four of them in one room for a, a hotel room that's going to cost them $200 a night for four nights or three nights. They're going to do all of that with their own monies, right, for a Democratic convention. From what I understand, there is no free barbecue, big, big barbecue on a farm or something to celebrate. Okay, I don't see that. And then, but I, I watch my Republican brothers and sisters, even here in Kingwood, they'll rent the whole damn park. And they may sell things for a dollar or two, but a lot of times they'll give free stuff to the kids and have a lot of enjoyment. So I, I spoke about that today on Daily Coast at my great liberal site. By the way, I'm going to Netroots uh, soon, soon as they approve my super, uh, my, my uh, GoFundMe, I'm going to put it out here. But, so where is the support for all these people? I don't see it. So I complain about it. And I put it onto Daily Coast, the place of where all Democrats read. And they tore me up and they flagged the article. They flagged the article so that it will get minimal amount of coverage. You know, I usually go out there and I will put a good article out and I'll get thousands of hits. This one, minimal hit. Why? Because they don't want to. Now, uh, Davenport says Democrats are not looking for freebies. We need good government. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, Davenport. I'm talking about the leaders, right? We have a lot of grassroots leaders. And it's a good thing for morale. You bring them all to Dallas. They, a lot of these folks have to raise a lot of money. We support poor people, middle, lower middle class people, and all these kinds of people we support. We support those people. It would be a nice thing not to just have a $125 breakfast. It would be a nice thing to, to show our appreciation for these folks that in the next three months are going to be marching their butts to door to door to door for free. It's asking our leadership and our millionaires to do something nice for these people, not something that one should request and not something that we shouldn't even ask for. They should want to do that for us. Talking for the, you know, they should want to. But anyway, they tore my butt up at Daily Coast on that one. I, I, I can take it. You know, I, I'm not going to change what I wrote because I think it is important for us to treat people right. Anyhow, continuing with the show, I have one more video for you to see AOC. Check this out. Today, uh, Chuck Todd had Asa Hutchinson from the Governor of Arkansas and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a representative from New York, on. And I thought it was a quite interesting conversation because, you know, Asa Hutchinson uh, representing the party who wants small government and big government, not 
disturbing your life? Who wants privacy from us all? Uh, the, 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 the Asa Hutchinson decided to say, well, in this particular case, government has to protect the life. Of course, it's an unborn life, etc., etc. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, before she even got started, had a message for Governor Asa Hutchinson that, uh, you know, it, it could apply to every red state, the ones who care the least about not only American women, but also their children. Check, check, check this out and then tell me what you think on the other side. Whatever you thought of Roe, that decision never forced anybody to do anything they didn't want to do. This decision now will force a woman to carry a pregnancy that they perhaps didn't want to do. Does that at all make you uncomfortable that we now you're forcing somebody to do something they don't want to do? Roe didn't do that. This ruling does. Well, no, I think it's a very appropriate ruling. Obviously, when you're looking at the government and the power of the government forcing someone to carry a child to term, you've got to think that through. And legislators are thinking that through. And whenever you're looking at the opportunity to save the unborn child, uh, that is the rare circumstance in this case that you use the power of the state to say, unless the health of the mother is at risk, uh, let's carry that child to term. And so when you're saving life, that's an appropriate role of the state. And that's what the courts have said the states can determine. Other states might make a different judgment. That's why we have elections. That, that's why we have elected representatives to make these best judgments pertaining to life. And uh, that's what uh, Arkansas did uh, under this circumstance. Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York. I want to get your reaction to the governor of Arkansas, uh, especially specifically to this issue of it is that he is comfortable with the government essentially forcing a woman to carry out a pregnancy. Well, you know, I think uh, naturally I couldn't disagree more with Governor Hutchinson, but I think what's really important is honing in on this idea that uh, the, the government, the governor and the Republican Party and frankly, the Republican legislature in Arkansas cares about the life of a woman and the life of a mother. The state of Arkansas and Governor Hutchinson governs, governs over a state that has the third highest maternal mortality in the United States. 71% of the women who die are black women as well. This is a state that has 26% child poverty, where one in four children are living in extreme, are, are living in, in poverty in the state of Arkansas and forcing women to carry pregnancies against their will uh, will kill them. It will kill them, especially in the state of Arkansas, where there is very little to no support for life after birth uh, in terms of health care, in terms of child care, and in terms of combating poverty. This decision and this policy will kill people no matter what their, what the, their spin and what uh, their talking points are. And that's what the data shows, and that's what the statistics show. Now, let's be clear here, because the governor in his messaging said, let's let's bring the child to term. It's not about let's bring the child to term. It is that woman, that woman that you are forcing to bring a child to term. This is not a collect. This is one of the things that are not collective decisions. It's a collective decision whether you are going to support society to ensure that kids are supported and others are supported. That's a collective decision. The decision for a woman bringing a new 
person into this world. That's a single decision done to one person's body. You are saying as the government that you will control that person's body and what comes out of that person's body. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did wonderfully well in pointing out that the state, the Arkansas itself, 26% of your kids are in poverty, 70% of uh, of of uh, the the child de- uh, child problems women that die in child's birth or people of color in your states and we can go on and on and on where the support for the living in your state doesn't justify the can the the the, the absoluteness with what with which you want to bring have force women into bringing new people into this world you have no right you have no standing. It is entirely immoral, and in uh, I hope America sees what your party is all about, and make sure never to make never to have you guys see the light of day. Absolutely. So never to allow you guys to be in control again. It's going to be a tough November. But what I tell, uh, welcome aboard, Jeff Busher. So abortion is just another form of birth control. No, it's not a form of birth control, but there are a lot of reasons for abortion. While, while I understand what you're saying, some women seem to use abortion for birth control because they don't like uh, birth control and its repercussions. But again, I am not going to go into any woman's body. I am not going to try to control any woman's body. Me name male, I will have no part of it. I think women decide on their own what they want to do with their body they decide what's going to be an appendage to their body they decide that that's not for me to decide robert davenport you are so right aoc is too much for the republican clowns to handle lol truth to power what about the baby you believe it's a baby i don't and and that and that's the issue you want us to simply call a blastoma or whatever or whatever it's called a baby i am not going to do that I am not going to allow you, you guys to first, you know, you, you, you want to start with this com- the beginning of the discussion. You want to define the, the beginning of the discussion. A baby starts here. Legally speaking, a baby, uh, you know, uh, first of all, legally speaking, a baby starts when it comes out of the womb. But I'm not going to go there. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, and one other thing, Davenport, you said leading by example, and I agree with you with leading by example. But I want to have a little pushback here. Because I work in, here in Texas, Harris County, and I've spoken to several of the chairs. I'm, I'm talking about county chairs, right? And, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, I don't see, I don't see the fight for the people we want to come out and vote for us. And the only, the only um, way that I've learned to do it is to get others to, that are on these committees, etc., empowered. And, and, and you're right, though. You know, we are forming organizations on the outside of the party proper to do the right thing. And, you know, sometimes the party doesn't like that because they lose control of the message, but we think we know what the message is. Pro-birth is not really pro-life at all. Let's be honest. Robert Davenport, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, thanks for sharing E2247. Daily Coast story. Thank you. For, oh, you shared my story. Thank you, brother. E2247. I got to get out of here. But before I get out of here, I want to tell you guys that um, I, I went to a, a YouTube conference today about monetizing your channel and how to make it better. And, um, you know, 
I want to ask, and, and, and it goes like, first of all, on all my videos, you can, there's a thank you button now. They told us that we should advertise that. So when you look at all our videos on YouTube, there's a thank you button that you can click and say, ah, I like this video, so I want to, uh, because I like this video, I want to leave this message with a, a, few, a, few, a few dollars. And I get sort of flagged when I see those. and know I better go ahead and run and answer that right away. So um, that is, that is um, one of the new things that, that YouTube told us that they've added, a thank you button under the video. And also our Super Chat. They were talking about using Super Chat on, and answering messages. I told them, oh, no, I answer all my messages. And they said, you just don't have enough viewers where the messages get to the point that you don't see most of them. And I say, every so often it gets that way. But, <clears throat> um, but all I, I want to ask is, guys, please support our channel. Click that Join button to become a part of our channel. Uh, we need the support to keep doing what we're doing. We can't do it without you. My name is Egberto Willis. I'm tired as hell. But you guys know how I get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Unright. And I am what? <laughs>